Welcome to Asset Protection Today with Attorney Bill Alexander on News Radio 680 WPTF. Good Saturday morning to you. Jason Kong here with Bill Alexander. Bill, how are you? Hey, good morning, Jason. I'm doing fine. <laughs> that's that's good to hear, Bill. Uh, I hope that you're after the show, you're going to get out to the beach this weekend and enjoy yourself a little bit. Me too. All right. Excellent. Well, Bill, we are going to uh, continue, and I believe, is this the final installment of our series on legal documents? Well, it, it is in a way. I mean, uh, you know, as you know, a month or so ago, we started a series to talk about uh, in a little more in depth each of the uh, what we call in my office ancillary uh, estate planning documents. And so, as you know, we we started off with the last will and testament, and how, you know some of the parameters about that. Uh, then we talked about the the general durable power of attorney, uh, with the focus being on advanced powers of attorneys for seniors and how important that is, and why you know the fact that most seniors don't have anything like that uh, among their documents. Uh, and and then uh, we talked about the healthcare power of attorney and how important that is to everyone. And then uh, last week, we took on the advanced directive for natural death, which in many states is called a living will, uh, and how limited that document is, but how helpful that is uh, for families uh, in those rare instances where where that particular document uh, needs to be uh, pulled out and used, uh, those unfortunate circumstances when when that's the case. And so uh, those are the first four, and then we have two additional documents that we always do in our uh, planning. So uh, for our families, uh, even uh, when folks are doing more sophisticated planning with trust, we always do these six documents because each one of them is important in their own right. So the last two of these six documents um, are the uh, medical release and the digital release. So I wanted to focus on those two uh, this morning uh, and uh, talk about each one of those and why those are important and why uh, those documents should be part of any estate plan that our folks uh, accomplish. No matter how they get it done, those six documents are critical to everyone. Well, I guess let's start with the medical release bill. What is that? Well, um, it it is what it sounds like. Uh, <laughs> although in our office, we actually call it a HIPAA release. Uh, some folks, well, I, I, anyone who works in the uh, healthcare industry knows what a HIPAA uh, release is or HIPAA language. Uh, HIPAA is a federal law, not a state law. And, um, and, and as a result of the fact that um, it's federal, uh, there are a number of general practitioners and uh, other attorneys out there uh, who still don't r- realize that how important uh, a medical release is as it relates to all the other documents. But um, uh, HIPAA w- was uh, passed by Congress uh, back in 1998, uh, a long time ago, and it actually went into effect. It became effective in 2003. Um, uh, my recollection is October 1st of 2003. 
And so Congress gave uh, the medical community a, a good bit of time uh, to get ready for it. But uh, the, the fact is, is that uh, what Congress, the concern for Congress was the fact that uh, our um, medical information was being passed around uh, among folks that had no business receiving it, uh, whether it um, was a family members, uh, uh, often, often, and a lot of folks don't realize that oftentimes it's family members who are culprits in terms of of abuse uh, of folks, but. Um, it, it, in, in essence, what the law says is we don't want the medical community sharing our private health care information with anyone unless we, as the patient, have agreed that that information should be shared. And that agreement for sharing must be in writing. And not only must it be in writing, uh, there must be a separate document showing that it is in writing. So in, es- in essence, in our office, we have incorporated the required, quote, HIPAA language uh, into our general durable power of attorney and, again, into our healthcare power of attorney, where it's even more important. Um, so that language is in there. Uh, and truthfully, that should be enough so that our agent, our appointed agent, uh, can receive health care information. But the federal law says you have to have a separate document as well. And so we use the separate document to our advantage because uh, we – now, this document is is not, for instance, the kind of document to where – uh, it, you know, because uh, you could have signed a limited uh, HIPAA document in the hospital or at your doctor's office where they can share your information uh, with certain others uh, that are not inappropriate. But our document is so that uh, your doctor can share the information with family members that you want to have access to that information. Um, and it's even, it's really critical when you're talking about your healthcare agent, the person that you want to make healthcare decisions. Um, but it, it's such an important document be, because oftentimes you would want other family members to at least be able to talk to your doctors and get some information from them. And without a HIPAA release, your doctor is extraordinarily limited in terms of sharing any information uh, with uh, appropriate family members. So, uh, in essence, we ask, who would you like your document shared with? And typically, it's your spouse. Uh, it, uh, it oftentimes will be all of your children, even if only one or two of your children uh, might be your successor healthcare agent. Um, so it's broader than your healthcare power of attorney, where you appoint just the folks that you want to be able to be decision makers. So th- this isn't about decisions, uh, although it's important for your decision makers to have the information. It's about uh, access to information, where you know the doctor can come out of surgery and talk to your entire family. 
um, you know, those kinds of things. Sometimes it goes beyond uh, children. Sometimes uh, it might be your best friend. It might be uh, a sibling or parents, um, depending on a lot of other circumstances. So the bottom line is it could be anybody. It's critical that you give access to your decision makers, you know, your healthcare power of attorney particularly, and sometimes your general durable power of attorney because that person could be a different person than your healthcare agent. Uh, and that person might be the person who has to write the checks and they want the information uh, to know that what they're writing a, uh, a check or paying the bill for something that is totally appropriate, something that's been agreed to. Um, as opposed to some nefarious bill that nobody agreed to or anything like that. So, you know, um, so the bottom line is that uh, a health care um, release or a medical release that is compliant with the federal HIPAA law uh, is um, what it's all about. And, and you, somebody might say, well, what does HIPAA mean? Um, well, first of all, it's not spelled like hippo. It's not H-I-P-P-A. It's H-I-P-A-A. <laughs> and, uh, and it's like uh, my recollection, and I may get this wrong and somebody can, uh, can call in and correct me, um, but uh, it's like health information privacy. Um, or it might be health information protection. I'm, I, you know, truthfully, I can't remember, but that's what it's about, and that's that's what the law is all about. Um, and so, I think it's important for for folks to um, be able to say in the document who they want to have access to their healthcare information. Uh, and clearly, you, you know, it can be limited as much as people uh, want it to be limited. But I, I believe it's a, a very – well, the law makes it an important document. And what's so critical about it is the fact that the health uh, – the medical release makes your health care power of attorney more effective. Um, and it also allows your um, – uh, your advanced directive for natural death, your living will to be more effective too. So those three documents are the three healthcare documents that in essence go together. Uh, and, uh, you know, an, an ancillary question that people ask me all the time is, okay, do I have to protect these documents? And, and actually the healthcare documents, the answer is no. The original is really not all that important. You can give photocopies to anybody and everybody, make multiple copies. And, but the key is to have all three of them and to uh, give all three of these documents, the healthcare power of attorney, the advanced directive of natural death, and the medical release to all of your healthcare providers, your primary care physician, your specialist, the surgical clinics, the um, hospitals particularly, they always, and that's the first thing they ask, uh, if you can provide that. Um, and obviously your own documents that are tailored to you are the documents that you should have, not some document that the hospital puts in front of you and says, sign here. Um, you know, that's not a good idea. That's not the time or place to be signing important legal documents. 
Yeah, having those in order is the key and making sure that they are in the hands of the hands that need them. That is very important as well. Well, we're going to continue our conversation here on documents right after this. Stick around. You're listening to Asset Protection Today with attorney Bill Alexander on News Radio 680 WPTF. You're listening to Asset Protection Today with Attorney Bill Alexander on News Radio 680 WPTF. Thank you so much for joining us this morning. Jason Kong here with Bill Alexander. We're continuing our discussion on legal documents. We just wrapped up uh, a conversation about the medical release. And Bill, for those keeping track at home, HIPAA stands for Health Insurance Portability and Accountability Act. There we go. So there we go. <laughs> we can stop the flood of emails and calls coming in. We've we've addressed that abbreviation. Thank you. Um, but we're going to move on here to uh, another document, Bill, and that is the digital release. And, um, you know, Things are becoming more cloud-oriented, and as that goes on, we have more of these online accounts, so the digital release becomes more and more important. Well, well you're exactly right. In fact, um, you, you might ask, what, uh, why did we even start doing it? Uh, but uh, actually, we've, we've been doing digital releases in my office for at least a couple years, and it was result uh, of actually a um, a bar journal uh, article that was written a couple years ago about um, uh, the fact that um, online services uh, were um, creating barriers, so that even folks who were clearly uh, folks that should have access uh, to um, your assets, your digital assets, uh, were not, um, I mean, were barred from getting it. And I'm uh, talking, uh, you know, you could say, well, I, I want my power of attorney, my agent under my powers of attorney to be able to get the access to this information. But I'm talking beyond that. People who've been appoint, a court-appointed guardian or an executor who's been appointed by the clerk of court as your executor or your administrator of your estate, uh, who is in essence a court-appointed official uh, that has the power of the courts behind them, were being denied access uh, to this information. And so we were going, ooh, that's not a good thing. How can we help our clients obtain information when it's appropriate for them uh, to get it. And what we realized uh, is that uh, almost every agreement, uh, whether it's with your bank or whether it's with Facebook or whether it's with uh, think about any type of asset that you might have, typically in the fine print somewhere um, is uh, something that says this is available to you and you alone and no one else on your behalf. Uh, and that's uh, where uh, th- these folks are saying, uh, nope, you, you, no one else can use this uh, other than, than you. You have a unique password, and for someone else to use your um, a username and password is, is illegal, and we're going to stop it somehow. Um, so this is uh, to give your permission uh, for 
uh, access uh, to your digital records. Now, you know, truth is we do run in, particularly because, you, you know, we deal with a lot of seniors, and I'll do uh, – occasionally I'll have someone who says – uh, well, Bill, I don't have a computer. I don't ever want a computer. I don't understand those darn things. Uh, <laughs> uh, don't have email. Don't, you know, blah, blah. And, and then, uh, uh, of course, uh, for most of them, it's so, well, do you have a telephone? <laughs> and, you know, they'll pull out. Uh, now, some of them say, well, I got this flip phone that doesn't do anything, <laughs> but that's pretty pretty rare. Uh, you know, uh, frankly, even our smartphones, truthfully, are computers, and they have lots of apps on them. Uh, and uh, apps are the, are the same way. Uh, they have these uh, very um, strict compliance rules as to who uh, can use uh, your username and password, limited to you. So the whole purpose is to try to give access to your loved ones whom you have appointed as your agent. So here we're talking about either your general durable power of attorney uh, agent that you've appointed under that document or your health care power of attorney that you've uh, appointed under that document or if a, a person who's appointed uh, to handle your estate or the person who has been appointed by the court as your guardian um, yeah, you know, um, those those folks, truthfully, should be able to access. Um, uh, so, and, and even folks who think they don't have any digital assets probably do. <laughs> they just don't know it. Uh, and so, um, uh, in fact, life is being made far easier for us uh, if we use online services um, you know we can pay our bills online we you know we can collect our money online we can do almost anything at this point um, uh, for convenience sake online so um, it's a growing thing and uh, you know there will be a time when no one says oh, I don't do that um, so the digital release um, we hope will give people the access uh, that they need when they need it. Um, now, there's a, a different issue that I need to talk about, uh, uh, digital assets that uh, are really, really important to folks because, truthfully, there are a ton of folks out there who, uh, for uh, lack of a better word, I will just say, are disorganized. <laughs> you know, they're not an engineer, they're not an accountant, uh, they have busy lives, and they don't have everything put away in a neat order where someone coming behind them can find anything easily. <laughs> there are a lot of folks with clutter, if you will. In fact, I'm one of them. I, yeah, in well, fact, two in the studio. <laughs> so, uh, and and I, I went to a presentation last uh, last week, uh, and there was a lady talking about clutter being um, a, a delayed decision. In other words, where you're putting off the decision that you need to make as to what to do with with your stuff. Uh, and and she was talking directly to me. I, I knew she was. Uh, but she was also talking about digital clutter. She was talking about mental clutter, <laughs> as well as our stuff uh, 
uh, and and how doing uh, some things. So all of us need to improve, include myself in that bunch. Um, uh, but a, as it relates uh, to our digital resources, the fact is that for those coming behind us, the fact that we have so much online today makes it horribly difficult for our loved ones to put together what we have uh, or where it is or how much it is. Um, and, and so that burden is something that is critically important for each of us to be able to have some repository, some place where we have written everything down and I'm really not saying on your computer because uh, someone else may not have access to it, or you don't want that information where the hackers can get to it. Um, and, and so uh, what am I getting at? Well, 30 years ago, when someone died, uh, it was, uh, as an attorney, it was easy to figure out what they had. Now, it might take a month or six weeks, sometimes three months, a quarter, to basically get the written statements that everybody sent, whether it was an, a bank statement or an interest statement or a, um, a, a, but whatever it was, back then everything was in writing. Your statements came every month, so you knew what your bills were. Uh, you 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 knew uh, what uh, credit you had out there. You, you um, uh, bo bottom line is it wasn't difficult to figure out what property you owned. Today, it's extraordinarily difficult to know everything in terms of what banks you bank at. Because you know this might surprise you, but there are an awful lot of folks out there that have more than one bank. There's some that have five, six, seven different banks, and they can be in three different states. And, you know, there's a lot of folks that have uh, lives that, that are complicated. <laughs> they, you know, their investment advisor uh, might be local or might be in New York or San Francisco or, or Hawaii or Tokyo or Europe. You know, you just, you know, it's the kind of thing where um, – uh, and, and a lot of uh, – we pay our bills online, so oftentimes our statements from the credit card companies and the power company, they, they, they don't arrive in the mail anymore. Well, golly day, if, if someone um, is not managing the money – and we see this with married couples all the time – uh, you know, where one spouse is managing everything and then uh, they, they uh, get hit by a truck and they're injured or, or, they, or they die and the spouse is left to go, oh my gosh, I have no clue what to do. I don't know where things are. I, I, uh, and it, if you don't have it organized and written down to where, uh, you know, all your, uh, all your bills, all your accounts, uh, numbers, uh, the contact people, um, you know, the the typical uh, bill uh, that you would receive, your credit cards, your debit cards, your banks, uh, your investment advisors. If if you don't have all that written down somewhere for your loved ones, they really will struggle 
if something bad happens to you, and, and it's a shame. Well, this digital release is designed to help that, but you've got to get in front of it. It sort of boils down to, and if you don't, it's just horrible. Yeah, you know, the digital release can sort of act as the key, but if you don't have the map and know where to unlock that, the door, then, you know, the key's not going to do much help. That's if, a good way to put it. If you, you don't gotta know where you're have going. a map. Let's call it a treasure map. There you go. That's <laughs> effectively what it is, a treasure map. Could huh? be a debt map, but okay, yeah. we'll call it a treasure map. How about yeah, that? Let's, let's think positive here. All right, we got to take a quick break. We're having too much fun. Hang on, stick around. We've got more program right after this. You're listening to Asset Protection Today with attorney Bill Alexander on News Radio 680 WPTF. News Radio 680 WPTF. This is Asset Protection Today with Attorney Bill Alexander. He's Bill Alexander. I'm Jason Kong, thanking you for joining us this morning. And Bill, we we just wrapped up our discussion in in theory on the digital release. And, you know, this just goes to show how our, our series on legal documents, just how important these are and how critical they are to uh, having a great asset protection plan in place and how if, if you're missing just a portion of these, that can, that can blow things up. Well, it, it is surprising to me, truthfully, um, that the, there are an awful lot of folks that will come in and the only document that they have in place is an old will. They say, yeah, we did our wills 20 years ago. We think it might be time to update what we did. Then, of course, uh, it, it, it always is the time to update uh, under those circumstances. But oftentimes they don't have any other documents. And, and I will just say as a planner, I've always considered life issues far more important than death issues. And so if you ask me which document is the most important to folks, I would say, uh, without hesitation, the general durable power of attorney, uh, if it's done right, uh, is the most important document because that's the document that, uh, uh, particularly for seniors, allows seniors to stay in control longer, uh, to stay independent longer, uh, which is what we all want as seniors. Um, and uh, most importantly, it allows seniors, when a crisis does occur, to take action to protect what you have, protect your property in order. Because uh, at least uh, for the lion's share of us, the key in a planning is how do we take care of ourselves and not run out of money? How do we make sure that our spouse uh, – is going to be okay during our lifetime and after our death? And then how do we do some things for our children and grandchildren? I mean, that's basically what folks are thinking about. Uh, and a big part of that is how do we protect our property? <laughs> and, you know, that's why I focus, <clears throat> I focus on asset protection, particularly for seniors, but also for professionals and others as well. Because... Truthfully, all of us need some semblance of an asset protection plan, and some of us need even a greater 
asset protection plan than others. Uh, and for, for many, many families, the general durable power of attorney, if it's an advanced power, which most people don't have, is the key. Um, now, uh, is the will an important document? Absolutely it's important because we do want to control our property and uh, to determine who gets it and when they get it and how they get it. And a will can help us do that. And for many seniors, they, they need to know that a simple last will and testament may not be what they actually need as a senior in terms of protecting what they have for their spouse, particularly if they're, if, if the spouse uh, is limited, uh, you know, because as we age, you know, we slow down, things don't work as well. Sometimes we get sick. Uh, in fact, that happens pretty much to all of us. Uh, and so, Oftentimes, a simple will that basically says, I'll leave everything to my spouse, is what you don't want. And at least a lot of my clients, when they learn of options that they have, and sometimes we call these modified sweetheart plans, where you're basically leaving your property for your spouse's benefit, but we also do it in a way that protects them financially uh, protects their property, gives them an asset protection plan, uh, and also oftentimes works so they can receive government assistance if they uh, need facility care uh, particularly. So those are uh, some of the things that are, are really important. Uh, but all of the ancillary documents uh, are important in their own right. So again, six documents, last will and testament, general durable power of attorney, that, and we tend to prefer advanced powers of attorney in our practice that are much broader than a typical power of attorney that most attorneys or form books will give you. <clears throat> then we have the healthcare power of attorney, which is really important because all of us, healthy or unhealthy, will have times where um, we need someone else to stand in our shoes to make healthcare decisions for us. Then if we want to take the stress off our families uh, in a, in a, a dire, uh, hopeless situation, we, then we have a living will or advanced directive for natural death, and we follow that up with a medical release and a digital release. And then we do what Jason has recommended. Uh, we create our treasure map. That's right. <laughs> Make sure you know where all the treasure is hidden. Exactly. So uh, now um, – those are documents that anyone who comes to us for estate planning will get those six documents. And so then the question becomes, are there other documents, legal documents, that can assist families? And absolutely there are. The six documents that we just talked about are the basic documents that everyone should have no matter what. But there are an awful lot of families out there where trust-based planning can significantly help a family with all of the complications of life. And so um, I, I, I want to talk about 
um, what are the some of the circumstances where a trust will actually help a family in a significant way, uh, and why they should consider having trust-based planning? That's great, and I'm sure folks are wondering a lot about that. So let's take a quick break, and we'll dive straight into trust-based planning. Stick around. You're listening to Asset Protection Today with Attorney Bill Alexander on News Radio 680 WPTF. Welcome back to Asset Protection Today with Attorney Bill Alexander on News Radio 680 WPTF. I want to remind you, uh, you know, we've had this wonderful discussion on legal documents for the past few weeks. If you need help with that, you can call the office, get a hold of Bill, schedule an appointment to get your documents in order. 919-256-7000 is the number to call. 919-256-7000. You can also go online to wgalaw.com. Bill's got a brand new great website at wgalaw.com. From there, you can find information about all the services that he provides. You can catch Bill's podcast, the Asset Protection Today podcast. You can find that on his website, and you can find that wherever you get your podcasts, whether it's the Apple Podcast Store, Google Play, Stitcher, uh, Spotify. It's, It's everywhere if you want that podcast, and you can find Plenty of great nuggets of information like we discuss on this show every week. And Bill, uh, just before the break, we were talking about trust-based planning and when we need it and who it's appropriate for. Well, an awful lot of folks will say, well, I don't understand trust. I don't want to do anything I don't understand. And I can appreciate that. But uh, some of the basics about trust, um, it's really not complicated. Uh, it, It can be. But most trusts, uh, truthfully, they don't have to be. So you ask, what's a trust? Truthfully, trust isn't anything special. It's simply an agreement. It's a contract. Uh, It's a very enforceable one, uh, but that's what it is. It's an agreement. So people understand what it is to have an agreement. uh, And a, a trust has three parties to it. A trust has a person who creates the trust. Uh, We normally call that a grantor. Uh, The grantor appoints a trustee. The trustee is the person who owns the trust property in a fiduciary capacity and manages the property and distributes the property to or for the benefit of the beneficiary. And, and, of course, a revocable trust, which is your basic trust plan, um, which is real s- simple in its concept. You have the same person in wearing all three hats. The same person creates the trust, appoints himself or herself as the trustee, and, and then names himself or herself as the beneficiary of the trust. So you're wearing all three hats. And what's really neat is the law says that's okay. You can do that. Now, the Internal Revenue Service and the Department of Revenue says, well, we understand that you can do that, and you've changed title, and that's okay with us. However, we're going to tax you the same way we've always taxed you, and we're going to ignore the fact that you have a revocable trust. Well, truthfully, that's a blessing because when you create a, a revocable trust, 
you don't have to have and you don't have a separate tax ID number. You file your income taxes the same way you've always filed your income taxes. That trust agreement is simply ignored. So that's a that's a good thing. So um, so the, the bottom line is is that it can be fairly simple. Now, you can have a revocable trust. You can have an irrevocable trust. You can have a will-based trust, or you can have a standalone trust. Now, for married couples, oftentimes we do a joint trust where a husband and wife does a trust together, sort of like having a joint bank account. You know, that same kind of uh, situation. So, but you can create a trust to do anything or everything that you want it to do. But the main thing a trust does is it gives you control now, it gives instructions, your instructions to your trustee to make sure that what you want is what happens. Um, one of the key things about a trust that, uh, that, you know, oftentimes I see omitted, which should never be omitted in a good revocable trust, is a disability plan. So that, for instance, if you don't ever, ever want to go to a nursing home and you've got the money to pay for care, you can put that in your trust agreement so that your trustee is obligated to spend your money the way you want it spent, even if it short if if it reduces the inheritance that your children might receive <laughs> you know because the children might want the least expensive methodology for your last years of life where you you want to live like a king or queen and that's okay <laughs> so i'm all for kings and queens under those circumstances but that's what a trust can give you now um folks uh, who should have a trust? Well, clearly, folks uh, of significant financial means should always have a trust. That's a no-brainer. Uh, folks who own real estate in more than one state. For instance, if you have a condo down at Myrtle Beach or if you have a, 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 a house on Car Lake on the Virginia side or if you have um, – um, you know, multiple tracts of property in, in different states and the like, a trust will always make it far easier and less expensive, far less expensive on your families uh, upon your death. If you have a complicated situation like a second or third marriage and children by previous marriages, a trust allows you to protect your spouse, but it also allows you to protect your children to make sure that they receive the inheritance that you want them to receive at the particular time. If you have a child or a grandchild that has issues, like they don't know how to manage money, or they're spendthrifts, or they have addictive habits like drugs or alcohol or gambling, or they married the wrong person, and that, and you're worried to death that they're that that your child is going to be in a divorce, or you know that up the road your child is going to be in a divorce. Uh, you can protect that inheritance from uh, a bad marriage of your child or grandchild. Uh, so what I'm getting at is that you can uh, – and you can also use trust to protect assets uh, during your lifetime uh, and after your death for your family. Uh, if you need any kind of income or estate tax planning, 
um, a trust is a great vehicle uh, in order to do it. So there are lots and lots and lots of, of um, uh, reasons why people should consider trust-based uh, planning. And even some uh, seniors with uh, smaller estates can use trusts to protect assets and to uh, make get eligibility uh, for uh, Medicaid and special assistance and, and VA benefits um, and use trusts uh, for that purpose as well. And I'm not talking about trying to do it five years in advance as it relates to Medicaid. People know about the Medicaid look-back period, but most of the – it's pretty rare for us uh, where we even worry about the five-year look-back period because there's so many ways to avoid that if folks just knew, knew about it. Yeah, the knowledge is the key here, and that becomes very important with the trust-based planning as well. And if uh, you're lacking in that department and you want to know more, schedule an appointment with Bill if this is something that you're interested in and you know that, hey, I have uh, a, a vision of how I want my uh, – my estate to be administered schedule an appointment talk to bill call 919-256-7000 919-256-7000 a quick break and back with more stick around you're listening to asset protection today with attorney bill alexander on news radio 680 wptf You're listening to Asset Protection Today with Attorney Bill Alexander on News Radio 680. WPTF Jason Kong here with Bill Alexander. And we're just about to wrap up the program here, Bill, but uh, I've got enough time for you to give a final thought. Well, it's real simple. Uh, We are mortal uh, and we don't know what we don't know. And the biggest thing we don't know is we don't know when we're going to die and we don't know when bad things are going to happen to us. So, obviously, don't procrastinate as it relates to get your planning done. You know, when your planning is done, you can rest a little easier. Uh, But it's a combination of having the right legal documents, having your treasure map for your family, uh, having your financial planning consistent with your estate planning, your legal documents. In other words, your beneficiaries need to be correct. You need to have old title to your property the correct way. And, and those are big issues which a lot of folks fail to get right. Having that peace of mind is so key. And if you want to try and get your estate in order, head over to WGALaw.com. Find out all the services that Bill provides or schedule an appointment by calling 919-256-7000. And if you're going to put it off, at least just tune in again next Saturday at 11 and get some more tips. And we're going to bug you some more about getting your planning in order because we do it every Saturday morning at 11. It's Asset Protection Today with Attorney Bill Alexander right here on News Radio 680 WPTF. We got to go. Take care. Have a wonderful weekend.